for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is Tuesday, October 13th. And today we have our first success story out of Michigan with Zach Ungst. All right, welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today is episode 132. And uh, today we got our first success story out of Michigan with Zach Ungst. Zach's a solid guy, great story. It's his biggest buck to date, I believe, so this is going to be a good one. Um, before we do get into that, though, I do want to you know, have a brief intro and, and just kind of talk about what is going on right now here in Michigan and around the Midwest, really. Um, but I know in Michigan in particular is we got a big cold front coming in this week. So Thursday and Friday are going to be days that you want to get into the woods. Um, I'm gearing up my season right now. Casey and I just got back from Ohio. Um, things got really warm there. I mean, we're getting bit by mosquitoes every night and it's like, if you're getting bit by mosquitoes, you probably shouldn't be deer hunting right now. So we came home. We're probably going to go back end of next week, I think. Um, so I've got about six or seven days here. So to really put my foot to the pedal and, and really get after some bucks. And I had a scenario happen to me this, this weekend where I was glassing some bucks and, uh, uh, well, I saw a good one and I actually, you know, called and asked for some permission from a guy and got permission to hunt it. So, um, yesterday the rain was coming in and I knew I wanted to gear up to, to hunt this deer this week. So, um, we got some good winds coming in. So I knew the rain was coming. I went in midday. It was really windy. The The leaves and everything were really wet. So I was really quiet getting in. I didn't push in too far, but I found a big community scrape. I put a camera on it. 
and I hung a stand and I got out of there. And as I was coming out, the rain started coming down. It started pouring. So I'm hoping that really washes the scent away. But that's all I'm really going to tell you right now about this story. I'm hoping that something happens within the next you know, six or seven days where I can hopefully come on next week and talk to you guys about uh, what is what has transpired. And hopefully it's all positive. I'm going to, I'm going to, like I said, put my nose to the grindstone and, and see if I can get this thing done. But um, that's kind of what I got for you guys right now. Get in the woods this weekend if you can. And uh, it's going to be good. Get on acorns as well. The acorns are still dropping here right now and in Ohio. We were in Ohio last week. And the acorns, they were prefer deer preferring acorns over cut cornfields. So get on some acorns. You're gonna have some good sits, I promise you. And you know, also get in the woods and and really try some things that uh, you know you, maybe you weren't comfortable with trying before. You know, push the envelope a little bit. If you got time, maybe you want to sit back a little bit. But if you see a deer doing something and uh, and you want to try something different, maybe you're not getting in it, you know, as aggressive, get in there. You know, don't just go blazing trails through there, but like get in there, be smart about it, but get aggressive. So I guess that's my little tip of the week, I guess you could say. But yeah, this, I want to get to this interview with Zach and uh, it was a great interview. So I'm going to do that right now. Justin is, is obviously not on this podcast. He has got a lot of things going on right now still. All good. They're all positive. He will be back eventually. So I promise you that. But thank you guys for listening. Here's this interview with Zach. And uh, good luck this fall. All right. Welcome back to the fall podcast. And today I've got Zach Ungst on the other line with me. Zach, welcome to the podcast, man. And thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem, man. Appreciate you uh, having me on the fall podcast. It's kind of a... Uh... A blessing, honestly. I've always wanted to do one of these, and finally the, the chance came available, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited that uh, I know you're jacked about it, and uh, you recently just knocked down a really good Michigan buck, and I'm ready to get into that story. You know, we've I've had a, a theme going, you know, the last couple weeks of, you know, hunting October, and a lot of people have been reaching out and loving the content. And um, they want to know more about guys' tactics, you know, here and now. What's going on right now? And, right. you know, I've got some things that are working for me just within the last 48 hours that I've, you know, really going to try to capitalize on this huge cold front coming through here uh, this week. So yeah. if you're good with that, man, I'm ready to roll. Um, yeah, man. Well, cool. The first thing I'm going to ask you out of the gate is, you know, a lot of people out there probably don't know you or know who you are. And uh, yep. so just kind of let everybody know who you are, how old you are, where you're from, and, and what you do yep. for a living. Yep. Um, so, Zach Ungst, I'm uh, 26 years old. Um, I work for General Motors as a supervisor. Um, I live in uh, Eagle. Um, kind of been around uh, pretty much the Lansing area most of my life. Um, did do a little bit of a stint for work down in Detroit uh, for General Motors. And then I uh, was fortunate enough to come back, um, kind of found my my dream home, uh, you know, a pole barn, uh, a basement, four bedrooms, you know, plenty of area for all my deer mounts and stuff like that. Um, and uh, it's right over by my parents and kind of right over by where my hunting areas are as well. So uh, pretty blessed in that aspect. Um, and then as far as the hunting things go, um, uh, I'm a co-owner of Lethal Instincts. Um, just a local group of guys from the Lansing area. 
Um, and then uh, a part of um, Whitetail Addictions crew, uh, Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Um, the Lethal Instincts is, is like uh, 11 guys that we've all been friends with probably since 2012, I would say. We started out kind of all on a, on a, a team together, a different team. And then the opportunity came available for me and my cousin to purchase Lethal Instincts. Um, and it wasn't anything super expensive, but it was more just like, you know, like the uh, the YouTube, the, the Facebook, the Instagram, the design logo, all the trademark stuff like that. And um, we've been rolling pretty, pretty heavily the last two years. And, um, you know, I guess anyone that's in the filming game, uh, when you're starting up or trying to build a crew, you know, because obviously it's hard for, you know, one or two guys to go out there and film all year and, and try to have something. So having a couple other guys as well in it um, kind of helps out. Um, but, uh, it's been, it's been a fun journey so far and, uh, really looking forward to obviously the next couple of weeks. And this year has already been kicked off to a great start for myself and as well as a couple other guys in the team. So, well, good deal, man. I, you know, it, it always excites me when I hear of, of local guys, Michigan guys, and not just Michigan guys, but guys around the country that are successful. And, you know, I, Michigan holds a, a special place in my heart and always will just because, you know, that's where I grew up and I cut my right. teeth and I and I love hunting Michigan. And um, it's just something about the nostalgic of it, I guess. Yeah. And and I, I just, I'll never lose it. I hope I don't anyway. So right. Um, once I, you know, saw that you killed this good Michigan buck, what day did you kill him on? It was first week of October. Was that right? Yep. First week of October. It was okay. uh, October 2nd. So it was a Friday. Okay. So I've got a good story about October 2nd. That day was a, a good day for a lot of people I know of, but um, we will get into that in a little bit. But I guess to kick it off here, you know, how did you grow up hunting? Like, when did you get into it? And, you know, what was your tactics? And, you know, was your dad kind of your, the guy that got you into it? Was your grandpa? Like, yeah. how, how did that all start? So it's it's kind of, uh, I guess it's not like the normal story you, you, you would say. Um, you know, I kind of grew up in a sports family, um, really close on my mom's side. And, uh, you know, my grandpa, um, on my mom's side, her dad, he did a little bit of hunting, but it was like the, you know, go up to Grayling or Gaylor area, you know, kind of during the November 15th opening day with some friends and buddies and, and go bullshit, drink some beers and come back home. And very rarely, you know, would they ever get anything. And when I was born, they were in the later stages of their life so i never was around the hunting that he did um but i actually have two racks that he shot it's like a palmated six point and then um like a little five point that i just keep him in my in my shed uh with all my hunting stands and stuff like that and then as far as like my dad's side goes um there was there's hunting and that's where i would say i learned a lot of my hunting from was from my dad and my uncle and my cousin um and um I think where where I really got kicked off into it was 2007. Um, me and my dad went out after me bugging him a million times uh, to go hunting in archery season. And I didn't really understand it a whole lot because I was still at the younger age. Um, and uh, he took me out for gun season. You know, obviously went through hunter safety earlier in the year. And I was able to shoot a five point. Um, I still remember it to this day where... You know, we were sitting basically on a fence row and, uh, you know, obviously my dad's still young in his hunting career as well, being, you know, 20, later 20s, early 30s. And um, 
this buck came from basically four other does that he was, you know, hanging out with. And this is pretty much mid, mid rut, you know, that, that second, second, third week, you know, of November. And, uh, he came running over to us, uh, basically stopped at one lone beanstalk. And, uh, I pile drive them at probably 50, 60 yards and he ran off and, um, found him a couple hundred yards later, bedded up. He was still alive. So we had to put another bullet in him, but, um, Anyhow, that's kind of where it kicked off, um, and then I kind of got into the archery side of things. Um, probably around 2010ish, uh, my cousin David he actually found a uh, he kind of got into it really big time because uh, he's two years older than I am, and a lot of his friends were doing it, and I kind of obviously wanted to tag along. And um, uh, I think it was 2011. Um, me and uh, me and my dad went out to our property over in the uh, Sunfield Lake Odessa area, and me and him had seen the six point for I don't know three four weeks in a row. I missed it one time, he missed it. Uh, there was one day we went out there, we both missed it the same day, and that's kind of honestly where like the obsession like kind of grew within me. Um, but I kind of put sports to the side and uh, wasn't doing as much basketball and stuff like that. Um, and then as soon as I got hired into General Motors, obviously I started making some, some money and, um, there was kind of a light switch that turned on where I was like, I want to start killing some big bucks. And the opportunity came available. Um, my aunt and uncle, uh, actually own like 360 acres in Barry County. And, uh, we've been leasing it from them since, um, 2011, um, and I've been able to harvest some really nice deer out there. Um, obviously I wish I have more on the wall. Um, but, uh, there's those opportunities that, that happen and you're not successful and there's some that, uh, you do capitalize on them. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of like the background of, of me and, and where I'm at. And, and now I'm just trying to, you know, uh, be a student and, and more of a listener um, cause the last couple of years, I'd say I kind of got, um, you know, I started shooting the first couple big bucks. I got a little cocky and arrogant. And then there was a couple of years where I went through a dry spell thing and I kind of knew it all. And I kind of had to do a, a self-assessment and, um, kind of look back at what I was doing and, and all that stuff. And in the last two years, I would say I've started to get a lot more successful, um, from listening to podcasts, um, you know, learning from the, learning from guys that have shot big deer. And then obviously reading books and material and stuff like that. And not all of it works, um, but a lot of it has helped me get to me, get me where I'm at now. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, with all the content that's out there right now, it's like, you know, it's a lot of the same content and, you know, from podcast to podcast or, you know, magazines that you read or videos you watch and stuff like that, I guess. And the best way I, I can kind of put it is, you know, take those things that you hear and those things that you learn and kind of apply, you know, you know, deploy those in your own scenario and see what works and see what doesn't. And that, that's, you know, for me anyway, that's what I've been doing. And, you know, you fail a lot, you sure do. (laughs) And, but but you learn a lot as well in the process. Right. I think the biggest thing when I was, you know, right in that younger stage of, you know, 18 to 21, 22, you know, I would listen to people that were a lot older telling me stuff, and you know, try this, try that, do this, do that, whatever it may be. And I would let it go in one ear and out the other. And, you know, and I would, you know, I wasn't, I didn't want to fail. 
So I kept doing what I was doing because I wasn't per se failing. Um, but I wasn't getting, I wasn't getting after the deer I wanted to get after or, or hunt the deer I wanted to get after. For sure. Um, in that sense. So, yeah, um, there's a, there's a lot of material out there that will seriously help you out in the long run. You just have to take it and apply it. And like you, what you said, your scenario, your hunting, your hunting area and so, so forth. Yep. I don't know if you're, you're probably a fil- uh, familiar with Dan Infault and what he does and everything. Um, yep. You know, I had him on a podcast. I think it's episode 105. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about hunting farm country bucks, and I can't remember if him and I were talking about it on the podcast or if it was after we recorded. And we got into conversation about, you know, he he talks about, I don't know how, exactly how he worded it, but he talks about how, like, you see the guys out there that, uh, you know, they might shoot the, you know, 100-inch or 115-inch buck, you know, every year, every other year, you know, and they do mm-hmm. the same thing over and over, year after year. They're hunting the same trees and hunting, you know, same areas and everything. And he's like, but then, right. you know, they, they'll, they'll you know, get into a buck that's, you know, a giant one time, you know, but yep. he's like, if you keep doing the same thing year after year and, and, and over and over and you just stay in that comfort zone, then you're going to get the same result year after year. And that really stuck with me. And that's why this year it's like, I'm trying to be okay with being uncomfortable. Like, you know, doing things that are just make you uncomfortable. It it is. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, this obviously having COVID this year, me and my cousin, he's a part of the lease as well as my dad and my dad's buddy. Um, So there's four of us out here, which is nice because it helps with the price of the lease. And then also putting in the work and the time. Um, but with me and my cousin, we were able to go from, you know, shed season, turkey season into tree stand and food plotting and all that. And this year we kind of just did like a self-assessment and was like, you know, we're see, we see deer here. We see them there. You know, we see a lot of good scrapes in this area and whatnot. But our stands are like nowhere near those. And we've had these ones here for so long that either we're getting picked off every time or we're just not seeing what we want to see. And, you know, this year was a really good year. We're like, you know what, we're going to put them in spots that we know are good spots where we need to have them. And, um, you know, so far, I mean, from the trail cameras, I run like 14 trail cameras out there and every trail camera I feel like is in a great spot. I actually just went out there, um, this past Sunday, uh, in the morning and, um, checked every one of them, put new batteries in, uh, pulled the cards, um, starting to run a couple more cellular cameras, but, um, I don't know if, if you're using those Tacticam ones, but they're so hard to find on the market right now because it seems like they came out and then everyone bought them out. <laughs> I, I was the, I was one of those guys. The day they came out, I had actually had a buddy that had been he knows personally knows the owners of Tacticam and he's been using them before they were on the market. And he's like, right. "You need to get one." So as soon as they went on sale, I bought one, and um, it's it's been a really good camera to be honest with you. Right? Yeah. There. I mean, I had. Um, probably 40 pictures today from one spot um, that I put this camera out at. And, you know, obviously I didn't have any, any big bucks come through there yet, but it's on a scrape and uh, it's most generally a community scrape. So I'm just trying to find, um, you know, that next one to go after, obviously since I've been tagged out since the second on the first tag in Michigan. Um, But they're, they're the cats meow, especially if you can get service. And it seems like they pick up service a lot better than the other, cellular cameras on the market that i've seen um but i try not to do a ton of cellular just because sometimes i don't know if you have it but i do have that feeling where the deer will start to avoid 
that spot or kind of distance himself. And I don't know if it's that radio frequency they're hearing or what it may be, but it seems like there's um, on the spy point ones. I know last year, me and my cousin both had the same thing where they would kind of go out and around it a little ways okay. you know, or speak to a distance. Yeah. Um, and I've heard of other guys like on the white tail addictions crew or, or Andre DeQuisto talking about it, that, you know, they'll, they'll walk a different trail right around the damn camera. Um, and, and, and so far I haven't had any, any issues with the tacky cam one. Um, so, 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 so far so good. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool, man. You know, I want to get into this story here about your buck, um, yep. you know, that you shot on the second. Now, I guess to kick it all off, what, you know, what in, in a, in a cliff nose version, what is basically, you know, year after year, when you come into October, what is your tactics? Like, you know, is it, uh, what are maybe a couple things that you like to keep an eye on or things that, you know, going into the season, you're going to do this, this, and this, and then I'm going to adjust from there. Like, what are those overlining themes, themes? Right. Um, I would say like in the beginning of October, right in the first couple of weeks, um, you know, I would say prior to me, like, uh, maturing, I guess, in my hunting career, I would go deep diving into the woods. And now that I'm older, um, me and my cousin are both on the same page. Like we would rather do observation sits a couple, you know, the first couple of weeks there and try to figure out where a deer's coming out, um, of a bedding area into the, into the bean field or coming out to a cornfield or even a food plot. Um, so those are kind of a little bit, that's a little bit of a tactic I like to do. Um, my, my trail cams are like, you know, my, my, I guess eye in the sky, I guess you could call it. Um, you know, they tell me everything that I want to know, especially when I'm trying to, I guess, find that next buck that I want to go after. And, you know, this year has kind of been a little bit different than years past where let's say last year I had five or six deer on this one particular farm. I shot this deer on this year that were over 130 inches. There was five of them. I mean, just, just brutes of a deer, you know, body size. And then obviously a pretty decent set of antlers on their head as well. Um, and then this year it kind of, kind of went back a step. And I don't know if that's more just because of, you know, the crops and whatnot, because uh, last year was corn and this year's beans. Um, so I don't know if there's some other bigger bucks that are, that are hanging out around in different areas, which I've seen some driving around in the, in the, um, you know, country mile type deal. Um, but I like doing that. And then obviously, you know, scouting, um, prior to opening day, you know, the first couple, um, I guess probably the week before helps out a lot. And even, even the second week as well. Uh, but driving around and then bringing the, uh, the spotting, the spotting uh, scope and your binoculars, um, just, just trying to get a beat on something that makes you go, Ooh, you know, like that's a good one. And, and he's, he's around and I'm getting pictures of him and, and that sort of stuff. So those are things that I try to look for. I try to stay out of the property as much as possible. Um, but there are sometimes you just have to go in there and, and check for some sign and go, okay, this is, if I get these conditions, this is where I'm going in on opening day or, you know, the first couple of weeks of October. Yep. Um, so those are kind of what I've been doing. I got um, you. And it seems to be helping me out in the last couple, um, the last couple of years, I'd say the last three years have, have, been a lot better than years past you know prior okay have you been killing quite a few of your your better bucks in october or is it more of like a november rut kind of thing uh, you know it's it's funny you say that because like i was i've been sitting in my living room um just hanging out tonight watching watching youtube videos and, and shit like that 
and I've been kind of glancing up at the deer mounts and, and a lot of them has, have been, um, you know, like October 14th, uh, November 2nd, November 3rd, November 11th, um, October 31st. Um, there's been some other ones, but a lot of them have been later October and in early November. And I guess I'm one of the guys that I love, I love the rut just like anybody else does, just because you never know what's going to happen. Um, but you know, this year, I guess with, you know, the time crunch of like my vacation time being all set towards the next couple of weeks when I leave for out of state hunting. And then obviously my job right now, I'm in the auto industry. So trying to get a day off of work to go, it's kind of a challenge because we're trying to get units back to dealerships. Um, so it's, it's been a challenge. So anytime that I can, I guess, go out there and get on one, like it makes me happy or feel successful that I was able to get, you know, close to one, had an encounter and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's something I, the last couple years I've really tried to strive to be better at was, you know, early October hunting. And now, you know, my job is filming and, you know, I'm gone right. a lot of the year filming. So yeah. same kind of with you, when I get a you know chance to hunt here in Michigan, I, I kind of, I, I dive in. in. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going aggressive. Like, you know, this week we got this cold front coming in and I got a bead on a shooter, um, you know, that I've been glassing and, right. um, you know, I'm going to dive in, like I'm making an right. aggressive move. And usually I wouldn't do that just because, I want to sit back and see him do it again, mm-hmm. just to like reassure. But now, you know, I'm, I'm going in and, and right. I think that's the philosophy I've been taking more this year going in is like, you know, I'm going a lot of mobile. I've had more hang and bang mobile sits this year than I've had set mm-hmm. stand sits. And that's something different right. that I'm doing. And, um, on the October 2nd night, you know, when you killed your buck, I, I passed up a pretty good buck and, um, you know, I was, I was hunting one farm and then on my other farm, I got cell phone, you know, a cell picture of two shooters underneath another stand in daylight, you know? So it's like, (laughs) shit, but you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, it really wasn't a good win for me that night on that stand. But October 2nd, for whatever reason, I mean, we had a cold front come through. That was a good night. Um, so I guess to kind of get this story kicked off here, you know, this buck that you killed, I don't want to kind of we already let the cat out of the bag that you killed him, but, uh, I don't want right. to say how big he is yet. We'll get to that or anything, right. but I want to get into like where the story started with this buck and, um, okay. uh, let's go from there and, and, and kind of start and, and just take it till October 2nd. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably like most guys where, you know, you put your cameras out somewhere in the end of June, um, or, you know, July, um, I, I think I have, it's, it's hard to tell cause he was still kind of forming, but I think I have one picture of him in velvet and he's kind of got his head down. Um, so it's kind of a hard, hard shot to tell if it was him, but I was like mid June or July. And then it was kind of slow. I was seeing a lot of other, other bachelor groups coming in and they stayed there all year in which they kind of still are all there right now. Um, but this one particular buck that I ended up killing on the second, um, I had pictures of him on September, um, God, what was it, 18th or 19th, um, at the very back of the property at a food plot. And uh, me and my cousin, we went in there this year, 
and basically made it like a J-hook food plot where the farmer can't turn around with his um, equipment. And uh, we, I've never done it before, but I actually took a, a tree, um, like a thorn kind of crab apple tree, cut it down, and then stuck it right in the center of that food plot. And, um, dude, it's been – I pulled the card on Sunday, and it had 2,800 pictures on there. I mean, it was just activity up the wazoo um, in that back spot. But um, I got pictures of them at the back uh, of the property at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, kind of, you know, dinking around with some bucks, sparring, you know, a little bit of, uh, of testosterone starting to build, you know. And, um, and then I got pictures of them that same day um, at the front of the property um, on another camera. And, uh, I kind of had, I didn't know where he was in the middle, uh, when I pulled these cards, but I think I pulled them the week prior to opening day. And okay, I kinda so knew was- when you got the pictures on the 18th, he was all over the farm, but you didn't know about it then. No, I, I knew that he was there, but I didn't know that like he was there, uh, hard horned until okay. I pulled those pictures. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so at that point, once I knew that, I was like, you know, obviously I run 14 cameras, so I'm going through all the pictures, you know, and there's probably eight to 10,000 photos that I'm going through um, with all these cameras. So there's there's quite a bit of inventory that I keep, and I've had inventory for like the last 10 years out there. Um, and uh, he was he's the biggest one that I have on the farm um, right now. There's another one that just showed up. Um, that's, that's probably a little bit bigger now, which I was hoping he would come back, but, um, going to this buck, um, he was in the area. Um, I, I didn't know where he was exactly betting at, but I know that there's a betting area probably from where I killed him. Uh, he was probably betted between 80 and a hundred yards from where I was set up. Okay. And, now what, before you go too much farther here, yep. so what was your plan? So you pulled the card and you pulled the yep. card, you know, roughly a week before season. Mm-hmm. So when you're flipping through these pictures, what are you thinking? Cause I mean, I've gotten bucks in daylight in Michigan all the yep. way up to like September 28th. And then you just never see hide or hair of them again. Right. So, advantage. Yeah. When you get these pictures of this deer, you know, what's your, what's your plan of attack? You know, um, are you honing yeah. in on one area? Do you know he's right there? Yeah. So I guess my plan of attack, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of limited with time as far as when I can go. I normally, we're, we're doing right now we're doing two on one off for four ten. So then we're working one Friday. Well, this on the second I had to work and, um, I, I looked at my boss cause actually it was his birthday and, um, a bunch of coworkers went in, we got him a nice pair, a, a nice pair of boots as a gift. And, um, I looked at him, I was like, man, it'd be nice to go hunting tonight. And he goes, well, go hunting. And I'm like, dude, like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I was just joking. He's like, no, go ahead and go. Well, in my head, um, you know, going back to the trail camera pictures of when I got him the first time, Hardhorned, looking at the pictures, there was probably 100 pictures of him at the back at 830. And then at night um, at the front part of the farm, um, there was probably 30 or 40. So I knew he was out there hanging out. And then as far as what was going on in between when I first got those pictures, you know, and I looked through them on the, the day I pulled them to October 2nd, I had no clue which one he was going to be at. But I kind of had an intuition that if, if he's coming out at this spot at night, he's probably going to be here again. So were uh, those pictures all after dark then? Like just at last no, light? No. So they were, he was out at like 
six six thirty. Oh, so he's he's a day walker. He's like yeah, early. He, yeah, and it's very very weird for this farm because a lot of the deer that I just pulled from this past weekend, there was still daylight as well, which normally in years past, it's been a lot of nocturnal photos, you know, at the midnight, 11 up to four in the morning type deal. Yep. And then you don't see anything during daylight moving if you're going hunting in the morning. Um, but yeah, I guess going to my game plan, it was, you know, Friday was obviously, I was, I was hunting that night. And I wanted to go sit in this particular spot because I kind of knew he was he was in the area. But like I said, I didn't know where he was 100 percent going to come out at or if he was even there anymore. And I just knew that this was the biggest buck I had on the farm. And I was going in on him because, you know, who who wouldn't, you know, at that point. Right. You got to You got to pounce on him. Right. Exactly. Um, now, if it would have been Saturday morning, then I probably would have went to the back and, um you know, it, it probably would have worked out uh, because when I just pulled the cards this past Sunday, he was on there every morning um, walking in daylight with another eight point that's actually a little bit wider, but not as tall. Um, and and I probably could have, I mean, it probably would have been a slam dunk there too with the correct wind and whatnot. Okay. Okay. So um, was he more of a morning walker then, were you thinking, or was he, you know, so sporadic that you know morning and day or morning and evening you just really couldn't tell you just had to be there um i would say he was probably more of a morning walker um and and there's no you know i had a food plot back there and i obviously was trying to get um you know we have a sponsorship with conquest so i was trying to get photos of conquest with the scrape tree and and the Evercom and stuff like that so i was kind of checking that one more than i was the front one um so i would have thought that he would have been more of a day walker um, but I did have another camera on the back side of this, um, I guess, little chunk of woods that opens up into a hidden field that I had pictures of him as well okay. um, in the evening as well. So I knew he was in that area in the evening, and that was kind of his core area. So I knew he was kind of in the morning. He was he was obviously hanging out over here, but in the evening he was bedding. And the way the property set up, my aunt's house is on this farm as well. So I'm assuming he was walking basically in a basically in a giant circle. And then coming back to bed, um, and then getting up in the evening and coming out to the bean field. Okay. So then, you know, when you were getting the daylight photos in the morning, were you thinking you were like really close to his bedding? Um, I knew, I don't know that I knew that I was in his bedding area. I knew that, you know, this farm that I have is, is 320 acres, 340 acres, somewhere in there. Um, so it's a pretty big farm, but, and it hunts deeper than that because there's probably another 600 acres that attaches to the backside with different landowners. So, and I can't get on that back portion of it, um, to hunt. So I was, I was kind of in, I was, I was kind of lost to be honest on, on where he was truly betting, but I, um, the spot that I killed him in, I know that's like a hundred percent given betting area. And I guess the reason that I kind of wanted to put a stand there or hunt there that night was the guy that hunts the farm with my dad. It's been a kind of a mentor to me and he's helped me out throughout life, you know, kind of one of those other father figures. Um, he, he told me last year when I was actually out of state that he had seen the biggest buck of his life come through there and he couldn't, it, you know, there's no pictures to prove it or anything like that on a trail camera, but I'm like, you know what, there's gotta be something going on in there. Um, that big bucks are kind of cruising in there or they're hanging out in there. And 
I, there's a creek that runs through there and it kind of makes those S bends through this little section. And, um, you know, it's, it's perfect kind of like cattail marshy, uh, brushy area with some fallen down trees for good cover that they can, um, you know, get behind and hunker down in. And it's just thick and nasty, you know, like a spot you just, you don't want to go into cause you know, they're betting there. Right. Yep. And I had, and I had a really good feeling that he was living in there. Um, as soon as I got those pictures, um, just, just from the way that he, you know, when he went out to that bean field at the, in the evening, it, he was out there for a while, you know? So obviously it wasn't like he just, you know, came meandering through and he was gone. It was right. you know, a good 20 minutes of photos worth that I got of him from one camera of him eating and then hanging out with some does and another buck. Okay. So, so to kind of go back and recap a little bit. So you pull the card a week mm-hmm. before season, you got this buck all over you know, in daylight hours, in the morning, right. in the evening. Now, this camera that you're getting the most on, this was on a bean field. Is that correct? Yeah, it's on the edge of a bean field, but there's the the J Hook food plot in the back yep. that we did. Okay. Um, so you know, they have kind of best of both worlds where they want to eat some uh, brassicas and you know turn up some radishes, and then they can transition into beans as well. Yep. So what made you not go into, and maybe you did, but I guess from the story that I feel like I'm gathering here, what made you not go into the stand that was on the food plot? Um, I think the biggest thing was, you know, something that I've learned, obviously, through podcasts and reading and stuff like that, was I had a west wind that night. And that wind, you know, you've probably heard it too, an, an, an uh, edge wind. So it was basically blowing right down the fence row of this wood wood chunk and um you know if i would have went to the back it would have been blowing basically into um the 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 big woods and i kind of figured that if i'm on the edge of a bedding at least if i have something come from the wind was at my back so i have a west wind it's at at my back you know coming through basically on my neck and i knew that if i had a buck that got up in front of me or came from my right um, out of the bedding area, at least I'd have a crack at him before he got to the field and busted me. Um, than me going all the way to the back of the property and not seeing shit that night. Yep. Okay. Um, and, it, and obviously this, this spot at the back was a lot farther of a walk. And by the time I got the approval from my boss, um, I actually forgot my keys when I was halfway to my truck. So I had to turn all the way back around, go back to my desk, grab my keys, drop off my other stuff that I had forgot to take out of my pocket, go back to my truck, haul ass home. You know, I got a, a two-year-old bloodhound. I let him out. You know, he runs around the yard. I get all my clothes. And, you know, I'm a pretty firm believer in, in scent lock or, you know, trying to be as scent-free as possible. Um, so I got all that taken care of, grabbed my boots, grabbed my bow, camera bag, you know, the whole nine yards, and uh, hauled ass out there. And I think I got out there at, like, 345 and i think i was set up at like 415 okay um so okay so are you basically were you going to like a transition area you know basically what i'm talking about is like you you think you know where he's betting because of the thick area you know you didn't really want to get too far into that thick area but were you in the middle of that and food yeah yeah i was right in the middle of that um Behind me, probably 200 yards, was another food plot um, that's kind of basically my aunt's house overlooks all of this food plot. And um, it's basically just a clover uh, alfalfa field. And then there's the bedding area and then the bean field in front. And the bean field is probably a 100-acre bean field. Okay. You know? 
Um, and then obviously there's the bedding area and whatnot. So I would say, yeah, I was on the transition area. Okay. Um, now were these beans, were the beans in the field, were they still pretty green or were they like turning pretty quick? No, actually it was kind of crazy. Cause when we went out there and checked the cards on the 18th, when I got the, or the, that weekend, I got the pictures of them the first time, um, they were green. And, um, when I went back out there, um, that day they were brown. So they, they, they changed within a week. I was yep. kind of astonished at how quickly they had, they had changed. Yep. Okay. Um, but they were, they were brown. Yeah. All right. So you get, you get to the farm, you're, you're excited, forget your keys at your desk, all that, yep. <laughs> get yeah. home and then you race to the farm and everything. Um, you said you get there about three forty-five. Now, how long of a walk do you got into the stand? Um, it was probably, uh, I would say probably 300 yards, you know, okay. as, as, as a crow flies. Yep. Um, I kind of did, I kind of basically, it, there's a, a lane that the the farmer has, you know, where it kind of divides the, the bean fields and whatnot. It's kind of hard to explain, I guess, or for you to picture, but it drops down and then there's a, um, we have like a little bee farm with, you know, another guy has some bees and whatnot there. And, uh, my idea was that I didn't want to walk through the beans and make a bunch of ruckus, you know, and then potentially maybe get skylined by something that was betting on the fringes. So, to my thinking, you know, it may be different than somebody else's, but my thinking was I'm just going to go down in this bottom here, pop out on the top, and walk the, the edge of the field um, all the way to where I want to go set up. And um, on my way there, dude, I found like five scrapes, and I was like, I think I picked the right spot because they were, <laughs> they were fresh. They were fresh. They were within at least a day, Okay. you know, and they weren't anything huge. Um, but I knew I was like, something's in here, obviously – um, you know, making some scrapes. There was not no community scrape yet, but there were there were single scrapes, so I knew that something was in there. Yep. Um but what was it? I don't I didn't know because I I hadn't pulled the card again. Yep. So. so going into this, when you're walking in, you're going into the sit, are you is this buck on your mind? You know, are you thinking like this is the buck I want to go after, or was he yeah. just like, you know, was it, you know, I got a couple shooters out here, whatever one will suit right. me just fine, or was it like this buck? So in, in my eyes or in my head, it was, it was this buck or bust, um, on the way out there, my cousin texts me, he's like, you need to go to that area. I think that's where you need to go. You got a great win for it. And I'm like, I'm right on the same page with it. He's like, go out there and shoot that 10 point. Well, this 10 point that we had out there, he's, uh, in my eyes, he'd probably, if he came by, it'd probably be pretty tempting. But sometimes when you get those 10 points out there, you, you want to get them one more year, yep. you know, and, and see what they turn into. And, um, you know, this deer that I shot, he has, he's got a beautiful rack, you know, he's got a really nice, uh, G3 on his right side, um, pretty decent brow tines. And then his main beams have some pretty good lengths and then they kind of curl in and curl up, um, at the tips, um, pretty good mass. And, uh, I would say hundred percent he was on my mind. Okay. Um, especially after getting those photos, I was just like, he's, he's got to be in here somewhere and I have a pretty damn good chance of seeing him tonight you know, based off the wind and the weather. I mean, that, that opening weekend, I don't know if you could ask for any better weather. Oh my God. You know? I agree. It was, God, I agree. that's a hunter's dream, especially after everything that's went on this yep. year. It's like, Oh, thank God. Saturday morning, you know? man, it was like 31 degrees and Dude, it crisp. Was it was, I, I can't remember the last time, you know, on October 3rd, there was yep. like basically frost on the ground. Oh yeah. It was rocking. Um, you know, I shot that deer on Friday, got it all taken care of, got it home, hung up, 
and I think we, me and my cousin both got to bed at like 11, you know, and then we were back up at four o'clock that next morning and we went out, same property, different stand, you know, with a different wind. And uh, he ended up shooting a doe and then right after he shot a doe and a pretty decent two-year-old came out and uh, he was a bastard rack. He was something that I would, that we both would have let walk, but it was just nice to see, you know, 15 deer that morning. For sure. And even that night was a good night as well. And, and Sunday is, is also. Yep. So. so before we get too far ahead, so you're yep. walking out to the stand, you get into the stand. Now, are you, you know, something up here, I know I'm a little farther north than you, a couple hours, whatever, in Michigan, mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of more in that southern, southern region. You know, yep. acorns up here are king and they still are. I mean, you get on acorns yep. right now and you're going to see some deer. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you're getting into the stand, are, is is acorns around you? You know, are, are you in kind of that transition where you got some white oaks or some red oaks? And, and uh, you know, because my opening weekend and even to right now, you get on acorns, you're going to have a good encounter. So, right. you know, what was your thought there? Um. So, you know, this, this area that I wanted to be in, there's a, uh, another preset stand that my dad's buddy hangs, has a stand in. And, um, we just call it the beehives, right? Because the beehives are right there kind of by this area. And there are some white and red oaks by there. Uh, but there's like not one acorn on the ground. And I don't know if that's because the deer have eaten them all or if they just haven't dropped it all this year. And, and I guess I didn't, I never really pay a ton of attention to them. Um, because most of the time, you know, the deer come out of this bedding area and they're in the field. Um, I, I guess anytime that I've ever sat in there before. Um, so I guess for this farm, I, I've never paid attention to them and, uh, I've never really seen a ton of them. Um, so I, I think maybe the trees just might not be there yet maturely wise to drop okay. them. Yep. Um, but I, I do know that they're, like you said, if, if you have some that are dropping, and it's early season, you're, you're bound to see at least a, a good buck or a plenty of deer, you know, around those trees where they're dropping. Yeah. You know, even right now, I mean, today is what the 13th, I think October 13th. Yes. 13th. So like, uh, it's like, you know, get in some acorns, deer still eating the shit out of them. We were in uh, right. Ohio last week. Um, Casey okay. and I were in Ohio and, and we set up on acorns and uh, cut cornfield, but I'll tell you what, the deer preferred those acorns over cut corn. Um, right. They were just, that was, that was the hot ticket right now. So right. get on acorns right now. So that, that's my pro tip of the, of the, <laughs> of the week. <laughs> but, uh, right. so you get in the stand that night and take us through the evening. Like what, what transpires like what happened um yeah so I, i'm sitting there you know i get it all set up um get my camera arm set up and you know i'm self-filming um obviously i, I wish that my cousin was there um which i'll, I'll, I'll get to later on but I, I wish he was there to, to share the moment with me um you know for that night but uh, i get set up and you know I, i'm confident about the night but you know i'm kind of on it i don't know what's going to all unfold and what's going to happen and, um, it was probably right around five o'clock. Um, I, I glanced up and I seen, um, I think it was a doe and two fawns that had popped out and they were probably a hundred yards in front of me. You know, the two fawns were kind of, you know, kicking each other, playing around, you know, and, and that sort. And, uh, obviously mama's, you know, just hanging out, eating a little bit. And, um, they were probably out there for, for 10, 15 minutes in front of me. And then they finally, you know, kept wandering off and they went towards the east and then it was maybe like 20 minutes later, there's some kind of houses that are, um, 
you know, that were sectioned off of the property a long time ago and people have built houses there since that are, they're kind of small little ranches and whatnot. Um, but they, you know, anytime that uh, a person comes outside with a quad or, you know, opens the door and, and smacks it really hard, you know, the, the deer kind of react to it. And I think that's what happened. I think the neighbor started this quad and, uh, those, the, the, the doe and the two fawns, they had ran back kind of towards me and I was like, Oh, what's going on? I didn't know if there was a buck that was, you know, pushing them around. And then I heard the quad and, um, anyhow, they ran off. And I think at this point in time, you know, it's, it's getting close to six o'clock. And, uh, I, I remember sitting there and I was like, man, I've never killed a deer you know, a good buck on like October 2nd or early season. Like it'd be kind of, it'd be pretty damn cool, you know? And I heard at 6:30 behind me, I, it sounded like a squirrel cause it was so faint and it was basically, a, it was a doe walking behind me probably 30 yards. And she was going through like just, you know, cattails that were pushed over. So it just sounded like a, like a squirrel kind of just pouncing behind me a little bit. And, um, she ended up kind of meandering off into the field and I was like, Oh, okay. You know, it's just a doe. And it was maybe a minute or two later. And, um, I, I seen another, or I heard another deer coming. So I turned around and I was like, Oh, what, what doe is this now? And I seen him. And, uh, my first reaction was obviously grab the camera, you know, and, and get that going. And, you know, the way that I'm facing, uh, I'm facing towards the East with the wind at my back. And I had to basically get the camera behind me. And I don't know if anyone else has ever had this happen, but, you know, you get that ratchet pretty damn tight on that tree and that tailing ended up slipping ah. and, and the camera fell down. Been there. <laughs> and this is where it would be nice to have a cameraman because obviously the wind's perfect. There's plenty of cover. And, you know, he had no idea I was even there because he didn't even make it to the field. He didn't even smell me or nothing like that, you know. Um and the, and the camera arm falls, you know, the, I, I'm holding on to it basically with my body. So then I kind of went into panic mode because he, he kind of heard something, but he didn't like know what it was. So he kept going on about his business. And there's like a low kind of, um, you know, cherry, nasty uh, pricker tree there. And he kind of raked his horns through that for a second. Well, that time I had enough time to grab my rangefinder and range him. Well, I had it in my pocket. And I feel like this is like the whole night. It seems like anytime you kill a buck, there's always something that goes wrong and somehow you you know, magically pull it off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, and we've all been there before. We were like, how did that even happen? Or how did that work out? But, uh, the range finder dial on it for like the, um, the eye focus or eye relief. Um, we got pushed in in my pocket somehow. So I was trying to look like find him and I couldn't find him. So I hit what I thought was him and it said 17 yards and I dropped my thing. I'm like, no way, no way. Is he 17 yards. <laughs> so I threw it down and basically just went off of, you know, instinct and going back to preseason shooting and i have a i run a hha optimizer um tetra and uh, i just dialed it right to 30 i'm like he's got to be right at 30 and um i drew back and this is the first year i started using a uh, a bomar nose button and that has really helped me out as far as um you know accuracy accuracy goes and then uh you know i'm shooting the lobo from uh, lone wolf custom gear and that thing is just it's it's so quiet but uh i ended up letting the arrow fly had it right on his boiler room and he ducked it and that arrow went right into his spine and dropped him oh man and i think that was just because he was kind of already on high alert a little bit with with the noise from the camera and me catching it 
you know, and then me trying to fiddle around with my, with my range finder, grabbing the bow, you know, and it's just, like I said, how did that, how did it work out? You know, it's beyond me. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's never to me as a hunter, like it's never fun to watch an animal suffer, you know, especially something that like, you know, they're, they're put on here, you know, to do what they do. And, and so are we, but, um, you know, there is remorse that I have for it and oh, I yeah. felt extremely, extremely bad about it. So, you know, obviously I got all the stuff out of the way that I needed to grabbed another arrow, went down there and, and finished the job. Um, and at that point I, I just, you know, I walked out to the field and just, you know, threw my hands up in the, uh, on top of my hat and just like, how in the hell did that happen? <laughs> That's crazy, you man. Know? And it was just, I guess in a way it was, it was, uh, really satisfying knowing that, you know, the homework that I put in as far as trying to figure out where this buck was living, you know, obviously he was the target one I was going after. So that's pretty satisfactory. You know, that's, that's a, that's a W for me. Um, you know, and then learning from the guys that are, you know, the pros or the experts that have been killing deer year after year, reading material, listening to podcasts, watching DVDs, like a lot of me listening, you know, to all these things and not letting it go in one ear and out the other, you know, really helped out. And, you know, I, I know on the last couple podcasts ago, you had Justin Hollinsworth on yep. and you were talking about moon phases. And I think going into, you know, the second you were, we were like four days prior to the red moon, full moon. Yep. And, you know, I think that's another thing that just kind of was like, yep, I think there's something to it, you know? Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, and even my cousin, we've talked back and forth since then, like, dude, the red moon and then like the three days or four days prior and four days after are rocking the day of like the, you know, smack dab day of is, is that, you know, like that lull phase where there's not a whole lot of action going on, you know, and obviously weather plays a little bit of a factor in it too. But when you have all those pieces aligned and you got the wind, the moon, uh, the weather, you know, with a cold front that comes through, like you're bound to see something. And, and that really helped me out, you know, and I've been yep. putting in homework as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you definitely did your due diligence on a lot of things and, but you know, could you basically probably equated a lot to the Intel you got of them? I mean, that's, that can be, can't be overlooked. I mean, right. you had this deer like pinned on camera. And the other thing I want to go back to like what really triggered my mind is that you, you know, you said earlier that you guys stayed the hell out of the farm. You know, you didn't right. really go in the farm. You you went in to check cameras here and there, but it wasn't like, a, you know, just blazing trails through there, you know. And that's something that I try to do every year is just low impact, low impact. Right. You know, and a lot right. of guys talk about, you know, bumping deer like Andre, you know, and Cody, they, you know, Andre always says like, you know, you're, you got to kill, you got to bump some deer to kill some deer. And it's like, I, it, yeah, exactly. I get that, that works for him, but I just don't feel like, the deer in Michigan where we're, where I'm at anyway, if I go bump a deer, I'm not saying he's not going to come back, but in my experiences, I don't usually see that deer again. Right. You know? Yeah. I I seen on, on Cody's, um, Instagram, he was, uh, I think he was in Illinois or maybe Iowa. I'm not exactly sure. He might, I've been pretty sure the last deer he killed, but, uh, there was a video of him where he was out in the field. He had, he found a buck basically was on ground level. And he basically just like kind of ran after it. And, you know, to him that, that has worked in the past where he bumps that deer off there, that deer's, you know, he's saying it's going to be, it'll come back. It's not a big deal, whatever. I think in Michigan, 
uh, it'd be tough for me to do that. You know, tough. I would probably be the type of guy that would, I would just like hunker down and not move. And yep. hopefully that deer just kind of meanders on off, you know, and he goes, man, I don't know what the hell that was, but I'm just going to not, you know, come back to here for a little while. Right. And that just goes back to what we were talking about. Um, you know, all the content out there that you consume and it's like, just take little bits of, you know, yeah. what you learn and then apply it and then see what happens. You know, there's times right. there, I just, you know, I just don't really, really like to bump deer, to be honest. Even, you know, Casey and I were in Ohio last week, and, man, it seemed like we we're hunting. We have a food plot, a pretty nice food plot on, on our mm-hmm. farm, and you just can't get out of it at night. You bump deer, and it's like, God, like, right. we just don't like bumping deer. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying what they do. Obviously, they've got the track record that right. says, you know, you can <laughs> go bump him and he'll come back and I'll shoot him in his bed. Like, that's freaking sweet to me. I wish oh, I could yeah. do that, you know. Right. Um, but it just doesn't work on my farm, so. Right. Yeah, I think for them, you know, it's years of practice of doing it and learning. And then, obviously, they're hunting the right state where the pressure isn't there. You know, obviously, for sure. You know, obviously, you've been on the road. You're filming a lot. You see a ton of hunters that last couple of weeks of October – first couple weeks of november and, and you know that there's hunters in those trucks driving around just like i've noticed going out of yep. state as well so you know that there's pressure and whatnot but they're they're getting after it before all the pressure's really getting there mm-hmm. and they're obviously they're scoring their deer that they want to go after um so but yeah it was i think you know anyone that's in michigan right now you know i try to if i do go check trail cameras like i did this weekend you know i moved a lot of my cameras to the field edges where you know, they're, they're transition areas from bedding to food or they're coming and hitting the scrape. And they're all within basically me not even having to get off the ranger that I take out there. And I'm wearing rubber boots if I have to do go into the woods as yep. well. And, I, and I'm spraying down as best as possible. But obviously I have, you know, obviously fuel or uh, exhaust fumes, you know. So you got to take it with like a little bit of a grain of salt. But I'm trying to do the best I possibly can with you know, not sitting there spinning my tires on a scrape. I try to go around it. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm putting a camera up, I'm trying to be as scent free as possible. You know, I took a shower before I even went out there, you know, and check the cameras and move them around and shit like that. So, yeah. you know, and, and to your point, you got to take things, you know, take what works for you and you got to be uh, able to, you know, accept that you're going to have failure you know, and, and I've had a lot of failure in life where I've either, I've shot a buck and didn't find it, um, you know, went into a spot and thinking it was going to be all hot and it's not, um, you hang a stand and it's just a bust every time where you get pegged, you know, like you're going to have those experiences and you just got to be able to accept it yep. and, and not hang your head. And, and I think you said it on some other podcasts before, like, you know, good things come to those who wait, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. Because it, and, it's... I, and I try to live by that for sure and it's you know you got to remember every time i say this all the time but when you go out in the timber you're you're in a way game you know you're always on the road you know in a a sports analogy it's like no matter how well you know your farm it doesn't matter to me they live there every day you know right so yeah definitely And, and you know to go to go back to what you're talking about the scent control and everything like yesterday, I knew I had some rain coming in and I, you know, spent the weekend. We just got back from a long trip, spent the weekend, uh, just kind of re resetting, you know, get hitting the reset button. Haven't hunted in the last, you know, Saturday or Sunday, knowing that this cold front's coming this week and I'm going to go balls of the wall this week for the next six or seven days. (laughs) And, you know, I glassed up a pretty good buck and, 
you know, I'm not one to try to really get much permission, but you know, called a, called a guy, got permission to, to bow hunt and right. knew that there was rain coming in and I was just going to do a hanging hunt, but mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I got a big rainstorm coming in. I'm going to go hang a stand. I'm going to try to find some sign. Never been in this section. Um, right. went in there and, uh, used a really windy day. It was really windy and, yep. you know, and it was kind of wet, dewy. Um, didn't really push my luck. My, my, my goal is to, to observe the first night. Yep. And then if I have to move, I'm going to move, but I found a big community scrape set up right on it. And this week I'm going to be, you know, be right parking my ass in there. But I guess to my point is, you know, I knew that rain was going to come in and hopefully, you know, wash away as much scent as as possible, right. but I did low impact and, and got in there and got everything done that I needed to. And hopefully this week I can capitalize. So we'll see. Right. Right. My thinking of, you know, this weekend, I'm, I'm just like you are, you know, I, I got a couple of weeks before, you know, myself, my team, my cousin, we head out of state for, for three weeks. And, um, I, I think it's going to be one of those, you know, three, three day weekend where, you know, you got rain that came in tonight. You got rain coming in Thursday. Um, I haven't seen exactly what time it's coming in yet, but they're obviously forecasting it. And that's obviously it's going to get cold. So you would think that them scrapes are going to get freshened right back up and deer are going to be on their feet. And I think you're going to be able to catch, you know, a pretty decent one coming through there um, in, in daylight hours. Um, at least that's what I'm thinking. With everything, the way that's looking, you know, having that 30 degree temperature at night. And then I think like Saturday supposed to be like high of 49 or 50. Yeah, yep. Like, I mean, that's for October, like that's pretty damn good weather. Like before I remember years past where it'd be like, you know, middle of October and it's like 65, 70 degrees, and I'm sitting in a tree stand going, what the hell am I doing getting bit <laughs> up by mosquitoes, you know? Yep, for right. sure. So, No, I agree. That's that's my plan this this week, and um, just get in there and, and get some seat time in and, and ride the hole and, you know, adjust right. from there, and and we'll see. I mean, after a rain, bucks like to get up and freshen those scrapes, so yeah. um, I'm getting in there tomorrow evening. Actually, this evening. I'm going this evening. Sorry. Um, right. this evening get in there and, and and try my luck so yeah well hopefully you're successful yeah i mean how I awesome so would too. that be to get permission that, i mean that's a story right there for itself. You know? <laughs> and i've you know i'm always intimidated to do that like you know it's always like what the hell worse could it be it's just a no but it's like you know i i got the courage to do it and i did it yeah and there you go i got you, a you yes can't be so. scared to take a no in life you know <laughs> exactly yep so we'll see hopefully we'll have a story coming you know next week or the week after about a success story i hope but right right well before we end this thing i mean what was your deer we did i didn't ask you know what was he how old do you think he was how big kind of throw Uh, that out there yeah so i think he was i think he was on i I think he was a three and a half year old buck um i I actually was talking to my buddy gunner tonight and i sent him a picture of a shed that i found uh, this past spring, which I think is to him. And, uh, dude, he put on, if it is him, he put on a hundred inches. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know if it's him, but I'm pretty damn sure that he put, it's him. Um, I have one side of him, but I, he came in, I haven't like scored him, but he's probably right in like that, that 120 mark, you know? Okay. Yep. Um, he's a pretty good buck for Michigan. Um, you know, and there's some guys that will sit there and say, you know, that like their their standard is 140 or 150 or or whatever it may be. And I guess like on the farms that let's say you have, you know, one farm for example, if that's your one farm that you got to hunt, 
and it's private ground and you've done a lot of work I was out there like that's the farm you're going to be hunting and putting the most effort in probably you're probably not going to be doing a ton of public land because you you don't want to waste your time and um if you got a 120 on the farm like by all means go after it and, and enjoy going after it and having that challenge and, and i hope that everyone that does do that you know slam dunks one and and they're happy about it it's it's not always about you know getting 150 160 obviously yeah i would like to get those in my lifetime because my biggest is probably this deer and there's one other one that i have that's probably right around there um and i've and i've had my my you know um, screw ups and out of state where I've shot a 160 and never found it. And I've shot a 140 and never found it. So, um, you just got to be able to accept what you got on your farm and then go from there. Exactly. You know? and, then, and then obviously in Michigan, if you shoot one, that's let's say 120, you know, maybe a bigger one walks in. And then I've totally had that happen before in the years past where you shoot one and then another one shows up on camera during the rut and you're like, Holy shit, I got 150 inch deer. I can go after now. Yep. Yeah. You know, so um, definitely so got to be realistic with what's on your farm too and what your farm holds, you know, exactly. And that's, that's, that's what I'm getting at is you got to be realistic. And, you know, like I said before, last year I had five shooters that were 130 and bigger. And then this year it was, he was the biggest one. So that's the one I'm going after, but there's so much hunting pressure in Michigan. That's all those deer could have got taken. I don't know. I didn't find yep. their sheds and you know, that's, that story is untold, but there's some that have came back and that I know that that's a hundred percent them. And I'm hoping that some other ones show up that are bigger too, that I can go after, you know, this weekend. And then obviously next weekend I'm leaving, but, um, maybe after, you know, before the, the gun season opens. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so cool, it, it was, it was a pretty damn cool story. That is know, cool. So I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about it, man. I, I really do. Now you, you said you got it all on film. So where, let everybody know where, where they can see it and when do you know they will see it? Yeah. So, um, I, I actually, I got basically the, the hunt, um, up to the deer getting shot. I don't have the deer, you know, the kill shot and all that, but everything before and after I have that. So it probably won't make, um, our Facebook page, which is Lethal Instincts, or Instagram. Um, but there's a lot of exciting hunts that are going to be coming um, from Lethal Instincts and then also Whitetail Addictions, which I'm sure most everyone's had heard of. Um, and then uh, if, if it's cool with you, I just want to talk about the places that we're going to be going to just to show those guys some love. But Yeah, for sure. Um, the, te- the team's going to uh, – there's seven of us going to Bigger Bucks Outfitters in Henderson County, Illinois, uh, with Travis Bigger, and uh, they just got a beautiful lodge set up. Um, hopefully we can do a little hanging and banging out there and try to get on some good ones. And then, uh, four of us are going to be heading towards, uh, Missouri. Um, there's going to be three of us on the east side of the state and then I'll be on the west side, uh, with Cody Blankenship and Dave Frampton. I don't know if you've heard of them at Northwest Missouri Outfitters. Okay. Um, and then also I'll be doing some hanging and banging as well. They got some really good deer and there's one in particular that I got my eyes on. Um, and then there's going to be, uh, me and my dad, which me and him, we do a lot of hunting together, but we're kind of, you know, drifted apart a little bit, obviously with me being on the road and his time and my time. So we're going to meet up in Ohio and have a, a father son, you know, week there in uh, the second week of November. So, um, sweet man, you got a full slate ahead of you then. Dude, I'm jacked. I'm, yeah, I feel like, uh, I feel like a pro and I'm, I'm just an amateur, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh. I'm just excited to get away. You know, I think there's going to be a, a really good season a, ahead of us. Um, I think, you know, that goes for everyone else. You know, you got to keep your chin up 
uh, when things, you know, don't go your way or you get down and you think you're out of the game, like all it takes is one one hot dough or, or that one scrape or something like that that, that gives you the sign and, and you're in, you're back in the game again. So, definitely, um, you know, and I think being mobile is uh, another way to, to get on them. Um, you know, so if, if you're a guy out there that wants to try it, you know, you can get into a really nice mobile stand for under two, 300 bucks, you know? Yep. So it, it's, it's honestly worth it, especially if you want to get a nice buck. Yeah. Um, you know, so for sure. But, well, cool, uh, man. But, I appreciate you coming on and doing this. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you having me and it's been, it's been fun. Um, uh, looking forward to staying in contact with you and, and hopefully we can do this again soon. It's been a, it's been a, a pleasure and a, and a, um, you know, an, an honor of mine to, to come on here and lifelong dream, I guess you could say to be <laughs> on a podcast, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool moment when someone contacts you because you, you sent me a message and it's funny because I posted the pictures of my buck, you know, and, and it seems like my Instagram blows up with followers and people sending me messages and your message came through and it says you wish to accept. And I thought it was like some other spam. Okay. So I, I, I opened it up and I'm like, you gotta be shit. <laughs> you know? So I was like, Oh my God, I was, I was on cloud nine. So, you know, you kind of made, uh, you made my day, man. Well, cool, so man. Well, all four that. listeners will be able to hear it all now. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> well, cool. I, I appreciate the kind words, man. And yeah, let's stay in touch and let me know how you guys end up doing out there. And, you know, go out and kill a deer of a lifetime and we'll have to jump back on here and maybe do another podcast. Absolutely. You know, I'll be down for it anytime, man. All right, man. Well, you have a good, uh, you have a good evening. Have a good rest of your season and good luck. All right. You too, man. Appreciate it. Yep. No problem. All right. There it is. Another great episode. Our first success story of the year. That's awesome. Congrats to Zach. Um, I do want to remind you guys, please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave some feedback. Tell a friend if you liked the podcast, go tell a friend. Tell three of them. Tell four of them. I don't care. Just tell some friends. You know, Spread the word. I really appreciate it. If you don't like the podcast, then forget it. I mean, who cares? Like, Just forget it even happened. But I appreciate the support. Thank you, guys. And hopefully I have a success story of my own to tell you next week. I'm really hoping. Not calling my shot, but I'm just crossing my fingers. That's all. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week.